Back with you for another edition of the SU Football Season Preview. I'm Matt Bonabart today with Syracuse's next opponent on the schedule. That's Rutgers. Chris Carlin, the play-by-play man, is here with me. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time with me today. Happy to do it, Matt. How are you? I'm phenomenal. Uh, let's hop right into it, Chris. When you became the play-by-play broadcaster of Scarlet Knights football, it was Greg Schiano at the helm. Of course, in 2012, Schiano made the move to the NFL, grabbing a head coaching gig with the Buccaneers. Then, after some time, made his way to the Patriots as a defensive coordinator in 2019. How does it feel to have him back in Piscataway with a lot of new experience under his belt? You know, it's it's really great to have Coach Schiano back. I think you have already seen the the impact that he can make and. It's 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 rare that you can get someone with such incredible institutional knowledge walking in. It's almost like you. I mean, you talk about hitting the ground running. You can do it with uh, having a chance to be a couple of steps uh, ahead of the game for, than for any other new coach. And I, I think we saw that in terms of the results last year to see Rutgers take a step forward. Uh, win three conference games all, all on the road, which was just remarkable. And in less than ideal circumstances, you know, find their way through the season without missing any games related to COVID or even having any rescheduled. Um, all the way around, I think you saw a lot of that early experience pay off as far as Greg being at Rutgers. And now... Um, you have the chance in year two to really get going, and I think they've got some excellent positive momentum going. Yeah, you mentioned last season it was his first season back after 13 years uh, with the team. And the 3-6 and six record last year I don't think really tells the full story. It was a win over Michigan State to start the season, followed by four straight losses. But of them, two were against top 20 opponents in which they were able to score upwards of 20 points. They also end up beating Purdue and Michigan, like you mentioned, down the stretch. Do you think this team is better than its most recent record? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think your your record is always what you say it is, right? Or is really... I'm not phrasing that right, but you are what your record says you are. So with that being the case, uh, I understand that. I think they're, I think that they have taken a big step forward where you look at where they were in 2019, especially offensively, because, you know, you had a team that in conference games in 2019 scored a total, uh, you know, scored seven points a game. And in, um, in, in Big Ten play, that is. And then <clears throat> this past year, 27 a game. You took a major step forward, and I think that was really the biggest difference. The fact that you were able to get the ball in some playmakers' hands, you were able to really improve, you were able to um, give the defense more of a rest as well, which was such a huge factor. And I think with all of that being the case, um, there was there was some major improvement from the previous year, which is what you needed to see. Yeah, and to dive a little bit into the offense, quarterback Noah Vigil is back in Piscataway for the 2021 season. In 2020, he was okay, just over 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns to eight interceptions, completing 62% of passes. He has his most prominent weapon returning. That's Bo Melton, as well as Kansas State transfer Josh Youngblood joining the program. How much do you think Rutgers' aerial attack improves in 2021, if at all? Well, I think it's definitely going to improve. I mean, Noah has 
separated himself as the starter uh, for this team coming into the year. Um, and I think with with him, you look at a guy that was the starter at Nebraska for a bit and really came in, learned an entirely new system, and now gets a second year uh, in that system. Consistency, just so important uh, in that regard. So getting him back and getting a lot of his personnel back, you're returning all 22 starters. That, that doesn't happen. And obviously a big part of that is because of COVID, but you return guys who um, have played with each other and understand uh, what everybody's thinking when, when they're doing it. And you're getting a couple of more additions. You mentioned Josh Youngblood, a guy who's very dangerous in the return game as well. I mean, between he and Aaron Crookshank, you have two guys and and Bo Melton who can just absolutely break the door open at any point. So I think for Noah, that's all going to be exceptionally important, but just um, being in Sean Gleason's offense for the second consecutive year, that'll go a long way too. And as for the ground game, Vigil can get it done as well, but he's not as dangerous as Isaiah Pacheco. In 2020, Pacheco averaged four and a half yards per carry, 515 on the ground. In the past, we've seen this Rutgers offense be vastly geared toward the running the ball. In 2020, that was the case, but I'd say less so than what recent history tells us. What kind of damage do you expect Pacheco to deal out this year? Listen, you want to spread the offense out and run the football with a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, and they have terrific depth at that position, you know, um, Kyle Manungai has really come along. Um, they've, they've put themselves in a good spot there. Um, Aaron Young has been a big part of it as well. So with Isaiah, I, I don't think it's a it's a pass first offense. I think that's one of the misnomers with the spread. Um, the spread is there to make sure every part of the field has to be accounted for by the defense and thus it can make it um, a little bit more uh, manageable to run the football in that. And I think that's what they, they want to do when they have somebody like Isaiah there. And defensively, Rutgers isn't the strongest unit. The Scarlet Knights gave up 449 yards per game last year, as well as 32 points per game. Though like Syracuse, they have been, and they've had a knack for forcing turnovers and making big hits. They were top 20 in the nation with 19 forced turnovers and top 30 with 71 tackles for loss last season. There's plenty of individual talent on this roster, such as Christian Izian in the secondary, along with Mike Tverdov and Mohamed Torre in the front seven. Why is it that you think they struggle as a unit? You know, I, I don't know that I would characterize it that way. I think it's an aggressive unit that, um, you know, again, you have to continue to get better. And I think they did that um, as the year went along. Forcing turnovers is so massive. It, it's so important. And I don't think they worry about yardage as much as they worry about keeping points off the board. And, you know, 32 is not a number that you want. You want that number down in the 20s if you can. And I think they will improve in that. But, you know, the turnovers is just the biggest thing. And considering where they had been the last few years before that, to be, you know, plus for the season, I think they finished the plus five, um, was just incredibly important. And uh, the defense being so good at taking the ball away last year was a massive part of that. And look, when you're aggressive, you're going to give up some yards. You're trying to make plays. 
you're going to give up some yards. That's going to happen. And I think you see that when you have as many tackles for loss as you do. And Chris, this game comes on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, of course. That brings emotions out of every player and fan. What kind of impact do you think it applies to this matchup? You know, listen, it's hard to believe it's been 20 years since then. It was, um, you know, just at Rutgers, I, I remember it vividly because it was Greg Schiano's first year. And it was, um, you know, it, it was a time where a lot of people in the Rutgers community just as with across the country were affected deeply and personally by it. Um, it's just one of those days that's always going to have an incredibly special significance with the people, the brave people that we lost on that day. And um, more than anything, I think the significance of it is just to remember those um, first responders passengers on flights, people who, who gave their lives that day, and um, so many of them who were trying to make a difference, trying to save people in the World Trade Center, in, in the Pentagon, everywhere, where it's, it's just so hard to even calculate the facts or, or be able to make sense of the fact that the day even happened, uh, let alone that it was 20 years ago. Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. If you want to follow Chris, head over to Twitter at Chris Carlin. For more of our coverage, go to orangefizz.net or at orangefizz on Twitter. I'm Matt Bonaparte. See you next time.